Hello and welcome to another episode of Adventuring with Osteoarthritis. Now this episode is for you if you are wondering how to take care of your feet, whether you have feet arthritis in your feet or you have the dreaded plantar fasciitis because I have a plantar fasciitis expert here. I met her on Instagram. She's a fellow physical therapist and has specialized in treating people specifically with plantar fasciitis. So today we're going to go deep into what are some of the common symptoms to see if you have plantar fasciitis? What are some of the common mistakes people make when you're trying to either self-treat or trying to prevent it from coming back? And how exactly to prevent it from coming back, because there can be a risk for it to continue to recur. So I have Dr. Katie Austin here. And Katie, if you just want to give us a little bit of information about you, where you're at in the world, and we'll get started. You're listening to the Adventuring with Osteoarthritis podcast. Do you want to learn how to live an active life with osteoarthritis? Hear inspiring stories from others just like you and find out the best ways to naturally tackle joint pain. This podcast has you covered. There are so many possibilities that your healthcare provider may not be telling you about and surgery isn't always the answer. This podcast is not medical advice. Now, here's your host, doctor of physical therapy and osteoarthritis specialist, Alyssa Kewen. Yes. Thank you so much, Alyssa. I am just thrilled to be here and be part of your podcast and your incredible community. Like you said, I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I have specialized in plantar fasciitis and I'm currently living in Charlottesville, Virginia. And yeah, so I have, um, an online program that helps people from anywhere in the world that are suffering from plantar fasciitis. And so that is how I am helping the community right now. Sure. And how did you get into specializing in plantar fasciitis and seeing feet and treating feet all day? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good question because it's kind of, you know, a very random specific thing to specialize in, but it was sort of something that dropped into my lap because in my very first job as a physical therapist, I was working in a clinic that was very working very closely alongside of a podiatrist. And he was sending us tons and tons of plantar fasciitis cases. And so I just had experience day after day. Some days I would see a full day of feet. And so I was able to really develop and hone in on those skills to help get rid of this pain for these people. And then also to help keep it away because nobody wants to get rid of a a situation and then have it come back in six months or a year. And so that is kind of how I got into this and then just have recently be kind of translated this into an online version of this treatment. So. Sure. And that's awesome. And I really do think that it is very needed because I know it can be really difficult to treat. And I know that a lot of people out there, one, may not even know that they have it, but two, may have tried lots of different things without success and think that they just have to kind of live with foot pain and live with never being able to walk barefoot and running and all these sorts of things. And so I want to just start with what are just some of the common symptoms that you typically see when it comes to 
someone that's having foot pain or someone that has plantar fasciitis, what are some of those symptoms that kind of go along with it to that? Maybe somebody listening could be like, Hey, maybe I actually do have that. Absolutely. So the classic sign of plantar fasciitis is morning heel pain in the heel of your foot. So typically if you wake up and get up out of bed, your first few steps feel incredibly painful and like sharp pain in the heel. So that is kind of the most common sign of plantar fasciitis. Usually some people do also experience pain towards the end of the day after they've been up on their feet a lot, especially if you have a job that requires you to be standing like a nurse or a teacher, a lot of people that are required to stand up for long periods of time, they also acquire plantar fasciitis. And then another risk or symptom is kind of, um, an increase in your activity level. So maybe you've been sedentary for a long period of time and you've decided to take up a walking program or a running program. And so there's just this recent increase in your activity level that your body's just maybe not quite used to. And so sometimes some of those people start to experience the um, plantar fasciitis symptoms. The old zero to a hundred, uh, <laughs> not doing a ton and not doing a lot of activity and then maybe going to Disney world or something like that. Yes. Um, and I think that that's important because a lot of times, you know, it stems from, you know, going into not preparing for things and, you know, trying to kind of figure out why all of a sudden that you have foot pain. It's like, I'm trying to be active. I'm trying to do these things. And then I have this foot pain or this heel pain, and then it can kind of spiral into, well, I'm just going to give up activity. I just can't do this anymore sort of thing. And I think that people, it can really send people down into that downward spiral, similarly to arthritis or knee pain or hip pain. And so I want to kind of go into when you were treating or currently treating people with plantar fasciitis, have you seen any connection with osteoarthritis, whether it's knee, hip, or even in the foot, ankle? Have you found maybe a correlation of some muscle weakness or some other joint pain that changes the way people move that can't, that they can go hand in hand, or maybe put people more at risk for developing something like plantar fasciitis? Yes, absolutely, Alyssa. So whenever our body's in pain, any kind of pain, our body likes to overcompensate for that pain by changing something in the way that we move specifically with walking. So if you're walking and your heel hurts, your body is so in, intrinsically wired to actually naturally change the way that you walk to eliminate or reduce that pain. So you might find that you start walking on the outside of your foot, or you might be walking a little bit more on your toes. And so you're just kind of changing these little things. Maybe you don't even notice that you're doing it, but it, it can happen. And over time, if you continue that process, it can lead to some degeneration of the joints of other joints, specifically, definitely in the ankle, the knee, the hip, and even in the back, because we are like, you know, we are one body. And so everything is connected. And if we are introducing these faulty movement patterns down at the feet, they will make their way up the chain and into other parts of the body and can lead to some of that degeneration, um, in the joints. 
And I can imagine maybe, so as far as that goes, it's saying plantar fasciitis maybe can develop first and then it can lead into other things. But maybe if we go the reverse side of it, if say somebody has knee or hip arthritis on one side, and then maybe they're putting more pressure on the other side. And then maybe have you seen that where someone maybe had osteoarthritis first and started to kind of change those gait patterns, started to maybe try to get rid of the pain on their own, not necessarily taking action, just kind of hoping that it would go away and then potentially maybe developing some sort of plantar fasciitis. I know it's probably like chicken or the egg, (laughs) Um, but have you seen it kind of develop the other way that maybe somebody had arthritis and then kind of developed it? Yeah. Like you said, it's kind of hard to know like what maybe necessarily causes it, but, but yeah, absolutely. Whenever, you know, we have some kind of injury in the body, like I said earlier, you know, our body naturally tries to compensate and just move differently to kind of eliminate or offload some of those painful symptoms. One thing I see a lot actually is, so say you have your plantar fasciitis in your left foot. Well, now your right foot is maybe taking more of that slack. And then eventually the right foot can start to develop the plantar fasciitis symptoms too. So absolutely one condition, if left untreated can certainly lead to other problems, even in the other foot or in the other parts of the body. And if, yeah, if it's continuously untreated, it can lead to, um, you know, that kind of joint degeneration, which nobody wants Sure. And I think with that being said of, you know, it can develop into something more serious. It can develop to start to cause issues in other joints and other joint pains. What are some of the best ways to take care of your feet? Because regardless if you're having pain or not, I think foot care is very important because obviously when you start to have issues, it can really start to make things hard walking, even just getting around daily life. So maybe what are like the top two or three things of just kind of a general foot care, maybe to help prevent this from happening in the first place or prevent it from recurring? Yes, that's such a good question. I always love, and I always think prevention is the best medicine. So (laughs) if we can get in and start doing the things that keep our body healthy and strong on the front end, you know, it's just going to set you up for such a more successful um, life and your health, which is, you know, so important. So absolutely. I would say my top two to three tips for preventing plantar fasciitis are definitely going to be making sure that you are spending time stretching and recovering after you've participated in a period of exercise, whether that is going for a walk, going for a run, make sure you're taking some time, five to 10 minutes to, you know, stretch your muscles and recover um, those tissues that are, you know, tired and have been working for the last period of time. So, you know, don't skip that. A lot of people, I think just kind of say, Oh, I can stretch later. I'm guilty of it too myself. Like I, (laughs) to me, it just feels kind of like a waste of time. But I can just all but guarantee that if you spend that time doing those things, um, you will see less injury later on down the road and um, you can prevent some of these issues from happening. So stretching after activity. Are there any specific stretches as far as because I know that, um, 
you know, calf muscles play a large role and can be very tight in a lot of people. Um, are there any specific, maybe one or two stretches that you do recommend specifically for kind of foot health or plantar fasciitis? Yes, absolutely. So a couple of my absolute favorite stretches. So first of all would be a seated foot stretch. So where you're sitting, up on the edge of the bed and you are just kind of pulling your toes back into a stretching your foot. So if you, if you're pulling those toes back, you kind of feel that stretch through your foot, through the arch and just kind of holding that stretch for 30 seconds and doing it three times. That's a really good way to kind of just stretch out any tight muscles in the feet. And then I have two favorite calf stretches as well up um, against the wall. So you would want to stand up against the wall, put the the foot that's in the back is the one that's stretching. And for the first calf stretch, you're going to straighten out your knee and you're going to lean forward into the knee that's in front of you. Sure. So the back leg is straight, the front leg is bent, and you're stretching that calf out. And that is really going to help stretch out the gastrocnemius, which is in the calf muscle. One of the major players in plantar fasciitis pain is often in the gastroc. And then there's another calf stretch that I also recommend for um, stretching it out is the same exact setup. So putting that foot behind the other foot in front and then bending the back knee as well. So you're going to bend both knees and lean forward into the wall. And for both of those, you're going to hold it for 30 seconds and do three repetitions. And the second one, that's going to stretch out the soleus muscle, which is another muscle in the calf that is a little bit lower down in the calf. And so it gets a little bit of a deeper stretch into that muscle. So those would be my top three okay. calf stretches. Okay. And then moving on to the second tip before I interrupted, um, as far as foot care and kind of helping to prevent one other thing, aside from stretching that maybe we can do to help take care of our feet. Yes. So the next tip would be foam rolling or some kind of tissue mobilization. So I really like the idea of foam rolling because it really allows your body to kind of use its own weight to almost massage out any tightness or tension in the muscles. So calf, the calf would be a really good muscle to foam roll, um, as well as in the bottom of the foot, you can take like a tennis ball or a lacrosse ball and just kind of roll into that meaty area in the foot. So you want to, if you're already having painful symptoms, you want to avoid any of those ultra tender areas in the foot, but you can spend some time just kind of in the meaty part of the feet to kind of help stretch out and massage out some of those tender spots in the feet. So I would say those stretching and mobilizing that tissue is really going to help um, both prevent these issues from occurring, but it's also a good treatment strategy too, if you are already kind of having that pain. Sure. And I think that probably with some of these, you know, looking up online and trying to self-treat, I can imagine that there are a lot of things that maybe people may be doing potentially wrong as far as treatment goes, or maybe something that could potentially be ineffective. Are there, what are kind of the two to three main mistakes that you see? Like when somebody comes to you and saying, you know, I just cannot get rid of this plantar fasciitis. What are some of the things that maybe don't work as well as the internet makes it seem or don't work as well as far as getting rid of or treating plantar fasciitis? Yeah, that is such a good question to bring up because there is so much misinformation out there. And a lot of people 
um, are sharing a lot of advice. And so it's, it's hard to know, like, what do I trust? Who do I follow? And so, you know, I would say the best course of advice is to find someone that you trust, find someone that has you know, experience and credentials doing the thing that you are looking for. Um, so definitely do your research on the, the person that you're listening to and, and make sure that they are backing up what they're saying with evidence. But um, some of the things that people come to me with are, um, you know, people maybe are overstretching. So there are, there are limitations to stretches. And um, my biggest advice for that is you know, never ever stretch past a point of pain. If you are moving in a way that is increasing your pain, then you are moving too much. And so you want to back off of that stretch. So just making sure that you're in tune and checking in with yourself and, and really aware of the sensations that are happening inside of the muscles and body parts that you're working. Um, so, that's something I really like to teach my clients is just to like be aware and be present of how is this making your body feel? Um, and then too, I think a lot of people kind of assume either, oh, this is going to go away on its own. So I'm just going to push through the pain or I'm just going to rest, <laughs> rest, the exact opposite, just kind of stop doing everything. And um, this will just resolve itself. And while I wish that was the case. I wish that was the truth. I wish it would just go away. It's not. Um, and, and as we've said earlier, you know, it can actually get worse. And so those are kind of things that we don't want to see for people. And then, um, yes, the last thing I would say is overuse. I think people kind of, they just think, oh, if I can just push through this pain, like it's gonna, it'll get better. I just need to keep strengthening it by running more or walking more or just enduring the pain. And that's just not the case either. So just really, you know, paying attention to the way your body is feeling and um, getting help from somebody that truly knows like how to treat this and how to get help and has been able to do that for other people. Absolutely. And I think one of also I see quite a few people who, you know, always work out with shoes on. And of course, when they have osteoarthritis, you find, you know, the thickest, most support that you can find, the stiffest shoe. How do you feel about incorporating some barefoot movements? Because I know that if you have plantar fasciitis, sometimes walking barefoot can actually exacerbate symptoms. But how do you feel about maybe working out occasionally barefoot or doing balance barefoot, starting to kind of work your foot in a non-supported shoe or in a non-supported position that could potentially build up those muscles and help with balance and all of that sort of thing. Yes, this is a great question. I feel like I'm seeing barefoot stuff becoming more of a trend. So I'm so glad you brought this up. I would say to a healthy adult who is looking to increase their strength in their feet and prevent issues like this from happening, I think that's a great thing to start implementing is barefoot strength training, barefoot um, walking, also taking a look at our shoes and making sure that our toe box is not turning in and kind of creating this kind of weird experience for our toes to where they're cramped and the muscles are already working inefficiently. So I do think for a healthy adult, that would be something good to kind of wean into. Um, 
you know, I wouldn't say, okay, let's just throw away all your shoes and go and do everything barefoot. Um, Maybe start off with like once a week and just seeing how that feels and then kind of working your way up. But to someone who is currently suffering from plantar fasciitis or osteoarthritis, you know, you are going to need some time to kind of um, offload that pain because really um, you don't want to exacerbate what's already happening. And so I think barefoot activity does in fact do that, especially for plantar fasciitis because of the inflammation and the degeneration that is happening. So I would say let's look at that, you know, maybe later, whenever the foot is healed and things are feeling better, um, it would be good to work into some barefoot activities. And yes, I think later down the road, once the pain and inflammation has gone down, it is important to implement some of that barefoot activity to kind of help normalize the motion and and arch of the foot and also strengthen it in that functional position. But if you're currently in a lot of pain, I would say, let's keep your, keep your shoes on. (laughs) And I know it can be kind of a finicky thing, um, but I think it can absolutely be important to, to challenge balance in a little bit of a different way and to just kind of rely on your more natural strength versus some compensations that some of these shoes and things can start to change as far as walking and that sort of thing. So if someone is currently having foot pain, heel pain, arch pain, what is kind of one takeaway that you would want to tell them in order to get started on a journey to finding relief, that relief is possible and getting them back to adventuring? Yes, I would just tell you there is hope. There is a way, you know, that you can get back to adventuring and walking and running and doing whatever lights you up on the inside. There is a way. Um, so don't give up. I, I feel like I've talked to a lot of people that are just on the verge of giving up and they're just like, okay, just chop off my foot, please. So don't give up. Don't lose hope. Um, there is a way to, you know, strengthen your feet and get you back to doing those activities. Um, So I would just say, keep the faith. And, uh, you know, there are people, I feel like now more than ever, there's access to really great resources from virtually anywhere. Um, But yeah, just keep the faith. Don't give up. (laughs) It's all about hope and pushing possibilities and everything here. So I think that that's very important that no matter what joint is hurting, what may be the cause, there is hope. It's just finding help and asking for help, I think is a big, a big reason why you should. And one of the main answers of how you can actually make these things possible is finding an expert, finding someone who knows what they're doing and finding someone who can actually help you with the current situation that you're in. And so if somebody wanted to find out more about plantar fasciitis and follow you, what is the best avenue to find you? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at katieosteen underscore. That's my handle. Um, I also have a free Facebook group that's called Athletic Adults Suffering from Plantar Fasciitis. If you want to message me on Instagram, I can send you the link to the group um, where um, I'm I'm involved there as well. So yes, would love to connect with anyone interested. 
Awesome. And then I will also put the link to her Instagram down in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast and then down in the description if you're watching on YouTube. And I just want to say thank you so much. And I hope that this was helpful. Hopefully this kickstarts whoever is listening to start to pay more attention to their feet and start to take care of them to either prevent this or to prevent this from recurring if you've been dealing with it in the past. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alyssa. Thanks for listening to the Adventuring with Osteoarthritis podcast. If this podcast has brought you hope and inspiration, make sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Also, if you're looking for more information on how to start your own arthritis adventure, head to www.keeptheadventurealive.com or follow me on YouTube by searching Alyssa Arthritis Adventure. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A arthritis adventure. We'll see you next time.